What's up, Whisper Nation? It's the Fantasy Whispers, and we are back with an awesome episode today, one of our favorites of the year. It is our 2021 bromance special. What does that mean? That It's basically our my guys of our show, but we like to call them our bromances. And we're going to tell you who those guys are and why you're going to want to get them on our team, on your team this year, and why we're so excited about their entire season outlook, all that and more on this episode of the Fantasy Whispers. Right here. That is right, Whisper Nation. As Johnny said, we will be talking about our official bromances for the 2021 fantasy football season. But if you like that fresh daily fantasy football content and want more of it, consider subscribing over on the YouTube channel and giving this and our other videos a like on your way in. That being said, I am Big Travi. I'd like to welcome you all, Whisper Nation. You can find me on Twitter at BigTraviTFW, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Johnny GameTime Hicks. You saw him at the start of the show. You can find him on Twitter at Johnny underscore GameTime. Johnny, how are you, my man? Oh, brother. I am doing fantastic. I, uh, as we said, we love this. We absolutely love this show. This is one of our favorite shows of the year. But man, it, it probably is. I mean, other than the mock yeah. draft marathon, this is definitely my favorite show to be able to say, you know, look, as Johnny said, you, you, you know, some places call it my guy. They call it plant the flag. They call it, you know, Matthew Barry calls it love hate. These are our guys. These are the guys, you know, we've been inundated with the stats. We've been smothered with all the outlooks and the, and the, and the prophecies, if you will, of what's going to happen this year. And these are the guys we came away with Johnny. Yeah. These are guys we're, we're tying ourselves to for the whole season. And uh, I mean, we were so excited about this episode, Travis, that we decided to jump on early. We don't That's normally right. go live early, uh, but today uh, we're like, hey, let's just jump on. We'll get these out. We want people because we know they're drafting this weekend. And so we want them to make sure that they're able to get a couple of our guys because we do think that these guys are going to be awesome breakouts. And just a reminder, if you are drafting this weekend and in the weeks to come that the draft season is here and you need to dominate it with the fantasy whispers draft kit uh it's better than ever this year our kit is fully loaded with premium player projections and rankings consistency charts with over three years worth of data cheat sheets strength of schedule charts and so much more that tfw draft kit is available for an industry low 15 dollars. so head on over to the fantasywhispers.com and get your draft kit today. Johnny, I'm so excited for this draft kit. We sold a few this morning. People getting ready for those drafts. They're getting ready to rock and roll. I started a league uh, with some of my Colorado friends uh, last year, and a couple of them are using the draft kit, and now I feel like maybe I shouldn't be on a podcast if I'm trying to beat these people because if I'm if they're using the draft kit, they're going to beat me. Yeah, they know all your secrets, and then yeah. they just uh, take your players and snipe your players in front. But it's okay. Iron sharpens iron. You just got to be two steps ahead instead of just one so speaking rolls. of two steps ahead that draft kit link is in the bio or you can head on over to fantasywhispers.com and get the draft kit from the shop there johnny before we get into the show we've got to talk some news and notes from around the league you know the deal i am going to go ahead and rattle through some of the biggest headlines and then you're going to tell me which one has the biggest impact for fantasy football purposes the first one can't bury the lead test results today or should say yesterday revealed that jaguars rookie running back travis Etienne suffered a midfoot sprain that is liz frank and the jaguars have officially placed him on the injured injured reserve adam schefter saying this means the jaguars cannot bring him back this season and his rookie year is over only players on the 53-man roster as of 4 p.m eastern next tuesday can be placed on the short-term ir once again, that's ESPN's Adam Schefter. So some terrible news there for Travis yeah. Etienne. 
uh, himself. For Great news for James Robinson. And if Huge you've drafted news. James Robinson this, so far this season, uh, great news in that perspective uh, because yeah, he's going to be shooting up draft boards. You're feeling vindicated there for sure. The New England Patriots quarterback Cam Newton will be away from the team for five days due to a misunderstanding of COVID-19 tests conducted away from NFL facilities. Source was ESPN Adam Schefter on that one as well, Johnny. So and not good for that quarterback battle that he's trying to win um, right now. To, to follow up on that, too, there was a secondary tweet and report that came out that was saying that New England is very frustrated with Cam at this point that this has uh, been something that they've they've talked to him about. And now it's it's basically kind of opening up the door and the potential that Mac Jones could sneak in and become this, this starter uh, from week one. So something to definitely monitor. This is this is bigger news than uh, uh, originally thought. I also want to come in with this one I just saw. Broncos have named Teddy Bridgewater their starting quarterback. So this Whoa, is from ESPN. week one. Yeah. Adam Schefter. Uh, they have named Teddy Bridgewater, the starting quarterback. You know, I haven't had a chance yet to look at the second Broncos game, um, but I would like to take a look at that and see what happened there. But this, you know, look, if we didn't, if we didn't love Judy before, we love him even more. Now we've heard yep. of all the hype about Judy and, and Bridgewater together. So that's a big one there. Um, Sony Michelle traded to the Los Angeles Rams, Johnny. You want to speak a little bit on that? Yeah, so uh, we did expect, again, that Sony Michelle was probably not going to be on this roster for New England come the start of week one. There were, had been speculations of some trades or if he'd be cut. Uh, and then obviously with L.A. needing a running back with Cam Akers going down, it was, it was kind of like a wait and see on what they were going to do. Henderson got hurt. You know, he injured his thumb. We talked about that. And so because of that, they traded a fifth rounder, I believe, for Sony. Why is this significant? Well, it definitely lowers Henderson in rankings. He's not going to be the top dog. He should split work. Think it's going to be a three-headed uh, backfield just like last year. You'll have Xavier Jones in the mix. You'll have uh, Sony probably take that Malcolm Brown role because he's a good pass catcher. He can do that out of the backfield. He'll get carries, you know, 10 carries a game. And then Henderson will probably get about 10 to 12, maybe 15 touches in a game. So, Definitely lowers the ceiling for a guy like Henderson and uh, Sony becomes a, a dart throw that you're actually. You're yeah, like, you're okay. kind of intrigued by Sony Michelle. Listen, it yeah. wasn't too long ago. We liked Sony Michelle first round pick uh, for the Patriots, a guy that we thought could maybe take over the job. This is a guy that has actually two years of 20 or so catches at Georgia uh, under his belt. So there's a there's a path, Johnny, to where he could take over this Rams backfield. I don't like it. I'm a Henderson truther. I love Henderson's talent. We just got done recording a show about Daryl Henderson. So we're uh, we're a little bit behind on that, but that's OK. Uh, Pizza Belly asking, so how screwed am I in the listener <laughs> league with Henderson as my RB2? Mr. Miyaga says, don't lose your league at the draft. You don't lose your league at the draft. Keep <laughs> trucking and listening to the whispers. We'll get Appreciate you on there. That. I think Henderson's still got a shot to win this job. Don't get me wrong. I do yeah. think that's within the outcome here, but it will be a little bit more committee. So uh, treat him as such. Don't be drafting him as that pure starting running back. All right, a couple more news and notes here. Uh, New York Giants QB Daniel Jones will play at least the first half of the preseason game Sunday. According to Joe Judge, the source is Dan Duggan of The Athletic. And then speaking, staying with those Giants, Johnny, uh, Kenny Galladay may be able to participate in more drills this week, but likely will not take part in team drills during the joint practices with New England Patriots. And that was being reported there. So 
Honestly, I was okay with Galladay where he's at. He's kind of easing back a little slower than I thought uh, from his injuries here. How are you feeling about Galladay? Uh, I I still think he's in that zone where you you could take the flight, right? Like a Will Fuller type last year. He's almost in that zone, maybe not that deep. Uh, you know, he, Will Fuller was going like the eighth round. Uh, we It's about sixth round or so for Kenny G. But we have to remember when this guy is on the field, he is electrifying. He is a big difference maker. So I am I, I think it's worth taking that swing because he's a wide receiver one, a low end wide receiver one, most likely, uh, you know, on on with upside. Right. And so that's why I think it's still OK to take him, especially because they're easy and back. They they know they want him for the season, that he's a big part of their game plan. So I, I do think that this is something that uh, you continue to monitor, though, if he has setbacks, then probably stay away. But as of right now, I'm, I'm still OK with where he's going. Let's hope he gets back at least in some fashion and they can say he's going to be good to go 100% ahead of time uh, yes. for, for the week one. Uh, Daryl Henderson, obviously, uh, before the Sony news, had left practice with a thumb injury. It wasn't a major injury. He avoided um, ligament damage, just a slight sprain, Ian Rappaport said on Twitter. So monitor that. This could also be part of the Sony trade. Look, they looked at their mm-hmm. depth. They saw acres. They saw this injury bug starting to pile up. They said, hey, we need to go get Sony. So more to come out of that Rams backfield. Be monitoring that for sure. And then final piece of news and notes here. Dan Campbell just mentioned that TJ Hawkinson has been dealing with an AC issue in his shoulder, but that he's not worried about Hawkinson's getting up to speed for week one. He had a different tune for DeAndre Swift. Campbell said he's concerned about Swift's conditioning as he comes back on Swift regarding week one. He said, we don't know if he's going to be there. We don't know even if he is how much we're going to get out of him. The source for this is Chris Burke on Twitter. Johnny, as our resident DeAndre Swift truther, as the man who knows how talented DeAndre Swift is and how excited we are to see him get used, how are you feeling about this latest update from from uh, Coach uh, Kneecap Biter? I, I won't I won't lie to you uh, or whisper nation. When it first came out, I was like, ah, are we kidding? Like, is this serious? What is going on? Been dealing uh, with the gro- groin injury. Yeah, so I started to, you know, talk, think to myself, do I lower him down? What, you know, you have to, right? But then here was what was interesting uh, that came out a little bit uh, later after that. Tim 20 man, we brought him up on the show, tweeted out. He seems he's like a beat reporter for the Lions. Uh, he said observations from Tuesday's hashtag Lions practice, including a DeAndre Swift play that makes me feel like he he'll be just fine come the regular season. So that came after the Dan Campbell information. So with that in mind, I actually am a little excited because I think this will, you know, we keep talking about how, oh, is DeAndre Swift's ADP where it should be? You know, we kind of, you know, we didn't necessarily love it. um, But I think that this is going to definitely cause it to come down. And then you are going to get DeAndre in a great spot because people are worried about injuries and whether he'll be ready to go. And I think they're just trying to keep a lid on how much they're going to use DeAndre this year because I do think he's going to be a big part of that plan. I actually think Dan Campbell could be motivating DeAndre here, not in a way of like his jobs in in jeopardy or anything, but like, hey, man, it's time to get your body up to speed. We got to go week one. You're part of this offense. Mm -hmm. And he's saying that, you know, we talked about how Hugh Jackson came on the show and said Coach Speak was a tool. This seems to be a tool that he might be using here to get Swift up to speed. So I agree with you. If you're in a league where league mates are like, hey, he had the groin injury, his coach is saying like he might not be ready for week one. 
pounce on that yep buy into that and let them do that and then when that adp comes down capitalize on getting him at a great value as i say buy the dip baby buy the dip buy the dip and buy that you can be in on james robinson i just want to write field yates on twitter said that james robinson figures to have a heavy workload after the etn news in 15 games as a rookie last year james robinson had 1400 scrimmage yards most ever by an undrafted rookie, 1,070 rushing yards, most or second most ever by an undrafted rookie, and 10-plus fantasy points per game. So, Johnny, we are excited about James Robinson. We feel bad, obviously, about ETN, but Ray- Robinson is a guy that you should definitely be targeting in your drafts. And you should- it's, a, it's a perfect example, Travis, of, like, new information and you change your viewpoint, right? Because before... I wasn't sold on James Robinson as far as being a solid contributor week to week and a consistent one with ETN there with Hyde. But with this injury, obviously, now things change and and he becomes a really good value. Where would you be taking him? I think that's the big question, because before the Travis ETN got drafted, James Robinson was where kind of cam Akers was going right the back half of that first round beginning of the second round do you think he's going to get all the way up there or do you think he's going to get more so in the third we might not have enough time for him to get there usually it's going to take a little bit more time for him to skyrocket up the board um i don't think we'll have enough weeks left for him to get up there not enough preseason action for people to see him again i think we're actually going to get him at that discount at the two three turn which i think is appropriate you know i would rather take him in the third but i'm taking guys like a david montgomery over him a chris carson over him because i like their offenses better i like their outlook just a little bit better so that's what i would go with there One thing I do like better is our partnership with Manscaped Johnny. Fantasy football draft season is upon us. It's time for you and the rest of Whisper Nation to put the PP back in PPR League with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming just launched the new Performance Package 4.0, so don't neglect your balls like the Packers front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN. That's T-F-W-M-A-N. This will help you tame that Troy Palomalu in your pants. You get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. If your significant other is nagging you about how much time you spend on your fantasy football team, Johnny, you might as well give them a gift of beautiful balls with Manscaped. It will definitely calm the situation down. I guarantee you. (laughs) Nothing calms a fight down more than your beautiful balls. Try it. Trust me. It's definitely the way to do it. Hey, babe, I know you're mad at me right now, but take a look at my hey, balls. I'm just taking care of myself and, and yeah, making self-care. myself. Yeah. yeah, self-care is very I important. Love I love it. All right. Well, let's get into these 2021 bromances. If you like the show so far, please hit us with a like and subscribe. We're going to start our 2021 bromances, which, of course, we told you guys is our guys, our plant the flag players, just our our rider dies, if you will. We're starting with the tight end position. And, Johnny, I'm going to take I'm going to lead us off here because I'm just too excited about TJ Hawkinson to not get into this. TJ Hawkinson is my official bromance for the 2021 season at the tight end position. He's going off the board at an ADP of 507 as the tight end six, with a, which I think is absolutely criminal, but great for a guy you want to capitalize in as your guy. Last year saw 101 targets. That was top five among tight ends. He compiled 67 receptions for 720 receiving yards and six touchdowns. 
That was good enough for uh, tight end five on the year in PPR and standard. And he's going as tight end six now. So that's something you love to see because the value is there. Hawks only 24 years old. Um, he's at that pivotal year three for tight ends. He's a former first round pick. So we have the Lions capital invested in him. We have his pedigree there. Um, according to player profiler, Hawkinson had 328 yards after the catch. That was fourth among tight ends. So look, if his pedigree isn't doing it for you, if his uh, you know talent isn't doing it for you, if his production so far in the NFL isn't doing it for you, then maybe his opportunity will because he should lead his team in targets. No team has more available targets from the previous season than the Detroit Lions, who are looking to replace 360 targets through the air. That's 64% of their target market share from 2020 now available. They have the third most available targets uh, inside the 10-yard line as well with 15, so the upside clearly there and then you look at this new coaching staff and i know people are saying well matt stafford's left look jared goff loves the target the tight end but even more so you look at anthony lynn the new offensive coordinator and his tight ends over the time that he called plays they've been targeted 20 to 24 percent on his plays and then lastly i'll just hammer it home with some hype pieces we talked about a couple weeks ago lions tight end coach ben johnson has said that tj hawkinson has been studying calvin johnson travis kelsey george kittle and darren waller over the offseason and then if you think that he's studying these guys and that's it, he's just looking at him from afar. No, he went and hung out with him at tight end U where his peers named him the heavyweight champion of tight end university. The so heavyweight champ. That's right. The champ is here. And I think TJ Hawkinson, look, we just got him in the listener league. He is going to smash ADP. And I, I would not be surprised if he finishes in the top three. So what you're saying, Travis, is that you're smelling what the hawk is cooking. That's what you're saying, dude. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> the hawk has come back to the show. And uh, that's exactly what we're talking about here with TJ. Hawk. I'm just so uh, jacked on TJ Hawkins. And I think he's, he's a no brainer for me. He's still going in a sweet spot. You don't have to spend a ton of capital on him. Uh, even if you're, you know, um, you have trepidation about going into that Lions offense, which I know Mr. Miyagi says right here, no thanks to all Lions. Look, he's still going at such a great cost. End of the fifth, uh, beginning of the sixth, sometimes as the sixth tight end off the board. I just think it makes it's a no-brainer. Yeah, he should get a lot of targets. All right, Johnny, I know you're excited to talk about your guy because if you do want to go late, this is a guy to target as well. Johnny, you've got Tyler Higby as your bromance for 2021. Yeah, I'm I'm staying on this train. I'm going to ride it all the way through to the end. Tyler Higby is my guy. Tyler Higby is going to be awesome this year. You look at the system. We know that Sean McVay likes to use the tight end. I know there's some concerns because there's a rookie and he's been he's been flashing. I get it. But I want to remind everybody, similar to what we talk about with Kyle Pitts, rookies don't generally get on the field and stay on the field very often. And when you're talking about, you know, what does he, the rookie doesn't really block well. He's a very good route runner uh, and, and things like that. And so it's going to be difficult to get on the field for him. And so it doesn't make me concerned about the target market share for Higby. We talked about this Rams and how they had, you know, the second, <clears throat> excuse me, second most targets to the tight end position last year. It will be heavily utilized, especially by Matthew Stafford, who we know. We talked about TJ Hawkinson just now. We know what his rapport was with Matthew Stafford and how he saw, you know, 19 percent 
on average from Matthew Stafford. Now, I'm not saying Higby is going to get that full 19%, Travis, but he's definitely going to get 15 to 16% of this market share for the Rams in a good offense that's going to move the ball. Higby's going to be awesome. There are a lot of people that are off of him, but again, he's coming off the board at 10.08 as a tight end 13. Sign me up. He will definitely outperform that ADP. And he, I think he's going to be a top five tight end this year. I love this take. And look, the cost is baked in there. Like if you're, look, we're, the fantasy industry is a little more savvy than we've been given it credit for. And right now, mm -hmm. if you're off of Higby, we got Doug Warren coming in here. Higby is trash. Then we've got ML coming in saying, love Higby this year. Look, we've got a polarizing player here. But the point is, is that the ADP is priced so that you can go get him, not tank your team if he doesn't make it, and go get another guy even later than him or around him that could be um, a guy to break out as well. But, Johnny, I think I'm in on Higby as well, especially we see some situations with the running game. We just talked about it at the top of the show. They're going to lean on this passing game, especially with Stafford in the lineup, too. Yep, 100%. I do like that. Mr. Miyagi it. saying that K-Sports Live, who has the Lions logo, is being a homer because he's got the Lion logo in he, his pick. He came in here and said, running back's too thin to make it and make a tight end so high unless it's a tight end premium well he likes hawk but yeah well he likes I, hawk he's saying like yeah. don't take waller or kelsey unless it's a premium no uh, got it save it to go get hawk um, but if you like the show so far hit us with a like on the youtube stream and hit us with a subscribe on the youtube channel if you're listening on other podcast platforms it would do the channel a great service we just hit over 1750 subscribers on youtube and we are pumped to get this thing rolling towards 2000 as we get into the regular season we are so excited uh, hope us this get year. there whisper yeah help us help get us there for sure let's move on to the quarterbacks here in the bromance section johnny it's time to talk about your boy here i'm going to kick it right back to you for a guy that I almost put on this list here, Ryan Tannehill coming off the board at 808 as a QB 11, Johnny, like the industry still isn't catching up on Ryan Tannehill. It Tannehill continues to be the favorite target of mine when I'm going into drafts. So many people are low on him because, Oh, they think Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry, they're going to run the ball a lot. When reality is, is, that really helps Ryan Tannehill because it really opens up those passing lanes for him. He's got awesome wide receivers this year. And A.J. Brown, we'll see if Julio Jones ends up going. He's still sidelined with an undisclosed leg injury. So keep that monitored. But I do think that now that we don't have the we have a new change in offensive coordinator, it was the tight ends coach has now been promoted to offensive coordinator. I do think we are going to see a little bit more. Uh, a passing attempts and what we've seen over the last couple of years from Tennessee. And what does that spell? That spells that more success for Ryan Tannehill. And let's not forget, he has a secret Konami code in him and that he can run the ball and he gets a good amount of rushing yards and he gets good amount of touchdowns. He had seven rushing touchdowns last year. I also want to point out if you don't, uh, I, I, you know, if you don't like Ryan Tannehill, cause you think that he is going to uh, regress I want to point out Vegas, you look at their odds and, and their betting lines right now. We know how, how good Vegas is. Vegas right now has Ryan Tannehill as one of the top runners as far as MVP voting. And when you look at what they are projecting for, uh, for Ryan Tannehill, his stat line, they're looking at 4,200 yards passing, 28 and a half passing touchdowns. 280 rushing yards and uh, over under rushing touchdowns is on 
So when you're looking at that, he becomes one of the top values. We've already have him right around that. That's basically in line with our projections. And uh, our, my big take on this is that Ryan Tannehill at the end of the year will jump up. He will be a top five fantasy quarterback. And right now he is going so late in drafts. He's going typically as the ninth quarterback, sometimes the 10th quarterback off the board, Travis. And I just think it is tremendous value. And I, I go into every single draft this year looking to get a guy like Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I think this is a fantastic take. And I think what people don't talk about enough is the increased odds that this team is going to throw more. This mm -hmm. team is probably going to throw more, not just Julio. Let's hope he gets back healthy. But adding through Julio is a sign that they know they're going to have to throw more because they were a team that ran so much last year. That pendulum is going to swing the other way. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love what Tannehill has. You talked about it all right there. I am going to talk about another guy, though, a little further up the board that people might be a little scared of, given the ankle injury that he's coming back from, given the shoulder injury that he's showing, and given the hard knock situation that we just haven't seen a lot of Dak Prescott coming back into the fold yet. He's going as 5'11", uh, as an ADP in the end of the fifth round, as the QB5. Johnny, over the last two years, though, it's it's kind of you look at Dak Prescott. He's been a QB one on 65 percent of his starts prior to last year. He was a top 10 QB in four straight years. So injury was the only thing probably keeping him from being top 10 there. So you, the floor is great. If you look at a second year under McCarthy um, and then you look at this rushing upside after three straight years of six rushing touchdowns, He's had back to back years of three rushing touchdowns, obviously had the injury. He's had two straight years of less than 55 rushing attempts, so he's toned it down, but that's because his offense has gotten so much better to be able to pass through. He still finished as the QB2 in, tw in 2019 despite that less of the ground action. Prescott threw for 4,902 yards in uh, 2019. That was 306 per game, but if we go back to 2020 in the five games, he averaged 371 passing yards per game, so we love that. He's a legitimate threat to throw for over 5,000 yards in any given year, especially with this offense. You just look at so loaded. Prior to the 2020 season, Dak Prescott carried the ball at least 52 times for 277 rushing yards in every season he played. So we love that. He scored 24 rushing touchdowns, Johnny, and 69 starts. So we love the ability nice. for him to get into the end zone. And finally, it's all about the offense, Johnny. Zeke, Amari, and CeeDee Lamb, they're all being drafted before the fifth round in half-point PPR via ADP. What does that mean? You know, if we like... Uh, if we like the gaggle, we like the geese individually. So we like what's going on with everything that's here. And if all those players we like that much, must mean we like the quarterback, Johnny. Definitely you come to that conclusion, but sometimes it does fool you. And the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world, you know, you have uh, three wide receivers that go over a thousand yards and yet you can't break a top 12. But I don't think that's the same storyline for Dak. I do think that Dak, is being priced, you know, for his ADP about right, and I and I think that the ups uh, the upside and the upswing there is definitely worth uh, worth a squeeze there for Dak. We have a uh, a quick question. Sorry, um, we had Waller in the sixth or T Higgins in the eighth. Keep Waller in the sixth or T Higgins in the eighth. No T Higgins, but I would do Waller in the sixth. Yeah, I think that's a great I, value there. Yeah. 
All right, Whisper Nation, just want to let you know we're nothing without your unwavering support, and we are so proud of this community that we've built together as part of Whisper Nation. If you feel it upon your heart to help us continue to grow the family and chase this dream, consider joining us over on Patreon.com. You can show support at the $5 and $10 levels. Patron benefits include access to our exclusive Discord channels, entries to sports card giveaways, increased odds for winning a signed NFL jersey from your favorite fantasy players, and bonus fantasy content that is only available to our patrons. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers today and join the nation. And if you like what you're here and if you like Johnny's beautiful face over there and his smiling, gorgeous face, hit that like and subscribe. It would help us go a long way into growing the channel. We talked to you before about trying to get up above 2000 subscribers. So help we're us so out. close. We're, we're so close. There. All right, Johnny, we got to go with wide receivers here, starting to round out the back half of this show. And I'm going to start us off with my guy. And I'm sure Whisper Nation is probably sick of me talking about him, but I got to talk about him again. Chase Claypool. Like, here we go. He is my guy. He is my bromance for 2021. Um, I've quoted JJ Zacharyson before, but I'll do it again. Since the late 90s, only Randy Moss, Tyree Kill, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, OBJ, Mike Williams, and the boy Chase Claypool have had double-digit touchdowns in their rookie season. Chase Claypool was the first rookie, Johnny, since 1970 to score 10 touchdowns in his first 10 games. So, I mean, we just have historic comparisons to great wide receivers. You look at what he did last year. 31 deep ball targets last year ranked him third among wide receivers. He led his team in total touchdowns. He was tied for first in receiving touchdowns on the Steelers. He was the wide receiver 16 in standard, the wide receiver 24 in PPR. You look at his targets, not a ton, but over 100. You like to see that as a rookie. That was 25th. Um, at the position and similar to guys like Adam Thielen and Mike Evans, who were drafting well ahead of him this year and last year, nine touchdowns. That was tied for eighth among wide receivers, third in deep targets in the NFL. We talked about that ninth in air yards, Johnny, 1,448 air yards, fourth in unrealized air yards. So we want that connection with Big Ben to get a little bit better there because then we're going to see some really great things happen. Over the 2020 season, we see all this involvement. We see what he was able to do. He averaged 13.4 fantasy points per game in PPR. And this is all despite Johnny only having a 64% snap share. I know this team says they want to run, but the offensive line is ranked 31st per PFF for this year. And Pittsburgh has failed to reach 100 yards on the ground in 10 of their games last year. They had the most passing attempts in the NFL last year and the seventh most passing touchdowns. And then you look at that defense, Johnny, it was second in turnovers. It gave it back to the offense on 27 different occasions. I am excited about Chase Claypool. I'm even excited about Deontay Johnson the more I think about it. And I know that Pittsburgh, once again, I know they say they want to run. I don't know how they're going to behind that offensive line as much as they say they want to. And Big Ben, when healthy, they throw the football. They've been top 10 in attempts basically when he's been healthy for 14 or more games in a season. Yeah, I'm on the Deontay bandwagon, but I do think that Chase is going to be a good value as well. I do think, especially with where he's going in drafts, I think that this is a good my guy for you too. You've been beating this drum pretty hard, so uh, we'll see how it pans out in the regular season, but uh, you definitely like the up arrows for sure of what's going around on Chase. All right, Johnny. Well, who is your wide receiver guy? Because I believe we just took him in the listener league, and I'm excited to hear you make the case for your boy. My guy, Jacoby <laughs> Mayers, dude. I am so excited about him as a, a draft prospect this year. I think that if you are able to grab him in your later rounds of your draft, some people have asked me, when do you start looking at draft him? 
I think you start looking at drafting him anywhere beyond the tenth round. Like uh, we had, <clears throat> we had a um, some people over the summer on on talking and we asked them the question hey when do you guys start taking your dart throws and the common answer that you you seem to hear from a lot of us anywhere from the 10th round on is when people start to just like taking their their dart throws and i think that that's where i would start looking at jacoby you look at what he i understand he's on new england's pass offense they didn't do a whole lot last year they are projected to run a lot this year as well as target that tight end position all of that is true, and I don't deny that stuff. I, I think that that's exactly where it's going to go. But when you look at those offenses, you generally see that there is also one wide receiver that sticks out like a sore thumb in target market share, and it's generally that slot wide receiver. And who has that been? Over the second half of last year and so far in this preseason, it's been Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, where there's smoke, there's fire and there's been a lot of smoke coming out about Jacoby and why not? This guy has been phenomenal. You look at what he did last year. Okay. He didn't score any touchdowns because uh, you know, that offense didn't move as well. Right. And that's probably why we're not seeing as much hype for Jacoby. But when you're looking at it, breaking down his actual stats, Travis, they're very impressive. He's got a true catch rate of 90.8%. That was 24th in the league. He had a catch rate of 72.8, pretty significant, 25th in the league. His contested catch rate, Travis, 60%, which was 19th in the league. He only had three drops. So, and his target, his target share last year was 26%, Travis, which ranked seventh. And so you're looking at what he could get this year. He could definitely get 26. It could go up as much as 29 because that's what we've seen from this offense before from New England when they ran it through their tight ends. I do expect Jonah to have a big market share here, but Jacoby is going to explode this year. He is going to be a guy, his upside. Look, he, even last year, he didn't score a touchdown and he had a, a game in which he scored 169 receiving yards. So there is going to be volume there for him. He will be an, uh, a you know a week fle a flex week fill in or in my in my opinion I think he could finish as as high as an RB a wide receiver too. Excuse me. And so I do think that if you are in those later rounds of your drafts, you maybe go RB heavy a little bit. You take your your dart throws in these tight ends, right? You get Hawkinson a little bit earlier than you you would normally like to take a tight end. Target Jacoby. And there's your wide receiver that has just as much upside, in my opinion, as some of those guys that are going in that fifth and sixth round, you just get them much later. And so if it doesn't pan out, if I'm wrong, if Vegas is wrong, if, if a lot of people are wrong, then and it could be Nelson Aguilar because there is a reality. I'll admit that right now. There is a reality. It's Nelson Aguilar. They paid him a lot of money and brought him in. But I don't think it's going to be that based on what we've seen in training camp and what we've heard from beat reporters. I think it's going to be Jacoby. And I don't think his draft capital is where it's at to where you should be nervous at all. You should definitely be taking him. He is my guy, 100%. My bromance. Jacoby! At the Jacoby! No, I love it. I love the take here. The thing about Jacoby, I talked about it in, on the mock draft on Monday. Seven of 12 of his final games, Johnny. He was 10 points or more in PPR scoring. We love that. We love the floor. This offense should be more efficient. It should mm -hmm. run the ball a little bit better. And with Mac Jones, man, I, either with Cam or Mac Jones, he's, he's QB safe. But with Mac Jones, this could reach another level, being that safety net for him to be Who? just a target monster. Mac Jones! Mac Jones! I do want to say right here that we've got our boy Trelonsky 
saying, hey there, watching from England. Dude. We are across the pond, international. Yeah. Johnny, he has tips for a 12-man Superflex PPR. Anything quickly that you can tell Trelonsky here? Uh, we do like to say at least grab one early quarterback, get that kind of quarterback first anchor rounds, yeah. in the first two rounds. Know your league. Obviously, if you know that your league goes quarterback heavy in the first few rounds, then you know adjust your, your position uh, accordingly. But yeah, generally, I would grab a, a quarterback, a dominant quarterback in the you know first couple, and then stack your other position, you know, run running backs, and then you know the wide receivers super deep this year, especially in a PPR, you can get some nice. And as far as uh, RB twos as well, same situation. You guys can get a Naheem Hines who's going to get you a decent RB two, you know, flex play because he gets so many receptions out of the backfield. Look at targeting those scat backs if you go that route. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, speaking of backs, it's time to move on to our running back bromances to round out the show. But if you like the show so far and you're new to the channel, please hit that subscribe over on the YouTube channel and like the video. If you could, it would help us grow this channel, which we love to do and continue to give you daily fantasy football content. Johnny, it's your turn again to talk bromance and it's your turn to talk again, which I think I don't I don't know why we keep giving you airtime to do this, but you're going to talk Chase Edmonds because that is your bromance for 2021 um and look if it hasn't been deandre swift or jacoby myers it's been chase edmonds you've been banging the drum about uh so much so that when adam rank came on you and him you may have changed adam rank's mind on chase edmonds i might have there i might have sold him on my bromance hopefully i did and hopefully i could sell yeah let's sell whisper nation here on that bromance let us know because i know i i understand a lot of people are, are are weary of this backfield some people had taken Drake last year. I was pretty high on Drake. And so some people took Drake. He didn't perform to the expectations of a lot of people, even though he finished his ADP was right around where you got him. And so a lot of people are just like, I'm going to step out on this. I'm not going to look at this backfield. I don't want any part of it. I'll skip it. I don't know that's necessarily a wise move. And I'll tell you why you look at, this Arizona Cardinals offense, they are one of the top running offenses in the league. As far as, as plays ran for the running back position, you've heard Kyler Murray come out and talk that he would like to run a little bit less. So that way he's not putting himself in so much danger. A lot of people are looking and pointing at the fact that, oh, well, they went out and got James Conner and that should scare you off. And James Conner should take that Drake role. He's a bigger back. That's not true. I'm telling you, it's not true. I've been reporting this from the beginning that everything uh, as far as inside the Arizona Cardinals uh, organization, as far as beat reporters and the news anchors here or sports anchors here have all been beating the same drum, reporting the same thing. And that that this is Chase Edmonds job to lose. And Chase Edmonds has even come out and said that he's ready to take this this opportunity and go to the moon with it. And so I'm trying to to the moon. And so I'm trying to make you guys have diamond hands here and try to give you a gem, a diamond in the rough here in Chase Edmonds. I want to point out this. Yes, I understand it's preseason, but you could take you take these snapshots and you can just see what they're already planning to do. Adam Levitan, he tweeted this out uh, on Saturday's game uh, or excuse me. Yeah, Saturday's game with the Cardinals. The RB snaps were, were as such. Chase Edmonds had seven. James Conner had three. Eno Benjamin had zero third down running back snaps. Cause that was the other big thing. Well, well, you know, is chase gonna, or is, is Connor going to take that and take all that work as well? 
Well, Chase dominated that as well. Chase had three third down snaps. James Conner only one. And Eno Benjamin had zero. Now, I understand the final argument that a lot of people want to point out is that Chase Edmonds is not a big running back. He's not going to make it. I'm worried about him, you know, staying healthy this whole time. Well, I find it interesting because it's all kind of a perception of what we have in our minds of what these backs really look like. Because on TV, they look different. They look bigger or they look smaller. This is very interesting. Chase Edmonds is 5'9", 210 pounds. Aaron Jones, who is going top of drafts, also splitting time with A.J. Dillon, is the exact same height and weight, 5'9", Five or he's two hundred five or two hundred six. Excuse me, a slightly slightly lighter, and he is still super efficient, super electric. And we kind of saw the same path happen for Aaron Jones once he was able to get on the field, get the opportunity. We had Aaron Aaron Rodgers hyping him up. He got on the field. What has he shown? He's been an RB one ever since. I'm not saying that Chase is going to be an RB1 this year, but based on this offense, based on the rushing attempts, and based on everything that is coming out around the Cardinals organization, Chase Edmonds is going to get this job to start off in a heavily run offense. And I do believe that if you draft Chase, you will be very, very happy with that you did. And he'll return a, a you know mid RB2 value to you know a late rb2 value at the worst but he's he's coming off the upside is just there and i think that's why chase is kind of worth it because should everything break right for chase edmonds you know should he get the goal line carries we're still a little iffy on the goal line carries with connor but should he get some of those or be used in the red zone like we think he will be then he's an rb1 he's definitely got rb1 potential in his range of outcomes i mean there were days in Kenyon drake splitting time last year was rb1 finishes uh at, at times last year so i think this offense could hit another level the the additions of rondell moore and aj green could hit another level and then when you have the back on that team the featured back which i think is within edmund's range of outcomes that's exciting and definitely where you can get chase edmonds is is a discount for somebody like that it's wild because he's coming off the board as the rb 28 travis he finished last year as the rb 29 behind drake where he didn't right. get that workload so it's like i don't understand where the where that logic is and so i definitely 100 percent think he's going to outperform his ADP. Now, how yeah, high can Mr. he get? Miyagi says here, definitely top 24. He will finish yeah. over his ADP. Um, so there are definitely um, some things to mention there. I I, yep. I love the take. I'm going to, I'm going to bring us home here, Johnny, with my bromance for the 2021 season. You won't. I'm doing it. And I'm taking David Montgomery. Look, this is uh, a little bit tough for me as a Packers fan to be taking a bear, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm taking David Montgomery, who last year just went absolutely nuclear down the stretch. Look, we know Tariq Cohen went down after week three, but prior to the bye, Montgomery had six of his 10 games clock in at 3.5 yards per carry or fewer. He had zero games over 100 rushing yards and had scored only two touchdowns in that span. But then after the bye, obviously aided by... Um, the schedule, but I think also a commitment by Nagy and this team to run the ball more and use him more as the focal point. He had six straight plus matchups. Montgomery went nuts. Six straight games of over 20 or more half-point PPR points to close out the year. Eight touchdowns over the final six weeks. Averaged 137 all-purpose yards per game in that span. End of the year is the RB6 in, the, uh, in standard and the RB4 in PPR. During that stretch, I believe it was only Jonathan Taylor um, and Derrick Henry uh, who outperformed him and, and just barely. 
Johnny, we, I, I want to stay looking at those two guys because it wasn't long ago that Derrick Henry was a guy that came through and officially basically was a guy we like we we didn't know if we wanted to trust. Then he had a monster stretch down the end of the year. I, I have to think that was like three years ago, two years ago, right, Johnny? Um, so there's the situation where that happened. Um, and then he blew up. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor last year and same thing with Dave Montgomery last year where these guys are going, uh, you know, to explode down the stretch and really make you pressure to take them. But guess what? We're not taking Montgomery where we're taking Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry in the first round. We're waiting and we're being savvy and we say, oh, well, they they definitely brought in uh, Damian Williams and they and Tariq Cohen, you know, he's coming back and all these stuff. I, I don't care. Jonathan Taylor has to deal with just as much of that situation when Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack were coming back as David Montgomery. So why are we still drafting Jonathan Taylor in the first round? Well, one, that's not really a situation I want to get into right now because this isn't an anti-Jonathan Taylor post. I'm talking about why David Montgomery is worth being invested in the third round because he is fantastic. This team is committed to him. All the beat reports, Johnny, have been coming out that he's a leader in the locker room now, that he's taken over on the offense now. He's, he's definitely he, a, a he's, uh, DJ Khaled, dude. He taking yeah. over. That's right. So uh, there's just a bunch of things here to love about David Montgomery, and the cost is the biggest one, that you can get him in the third round, that you can go with an anchor running back, maybe hit up an elite tight end, or you can go with a running back, get a wide receiver, and then all of a sudden your second running back is David Montgomery, who could easily finish top five because we've seen him almost do it last year. I love the upside here, and I'm pounding the drum for Dave Montgomery. And then give me a world where obviously Justin Fields comes into this lineup, and we love that even more because of the way he can make this a dynamic offense for him. I just love the upside for Dave. And look, I took the words right out of ML's mouth here. Add Justin Fields to the backfield, and wow, big upside for Monty. And did you hear what came out this morning, baby? Well, Fields is going to start the preseason. Oh, yeah. Is he yeah. starting week one? Do they well, say he's starting a preseason week three? That's like a, a dress rehearsal. So you're about to, if he performs, which well, he should. Look, I'm telling you, Andy Dalton is being bench week one, baby. And Nagy's uh, K Sports Live saying Nagy is the concern once Cohen comes back. Also with Damian, but Monty has league winning upside. Showed it last year. Look, here's the thing: Cohen's not healthy. And that's all the beat reports have been saying. Like he is not coming back from this injury as fast as maybe some other people have. And then Mm -hmm. Damian Williams. Yes. There's glowing reports out of Damian Williams as the backup. They Mm -hmm. finally don't have to play a guy like Corderell Patterson or Ryan Nall. They can have a true backup running back, but let's just say if you did believe in Damian Williams, like they do, uh, Damian Williams was on the couch all of last year and was a journeyman, uh, you know, back that only spelled other backs. He's never been the guy. Montgomery was drafted with high capital. And what have we seen before, Johnny? The third year for running back. Second year is a good one, but the third year can be even better sometimes for yep. running back. So I'm all in on Dave Montgomery. I think you should be too. Um, and he is my bromance for 2021. Johnny, right we did here. it, man. Yeah, ML uh, saying Monty late third is very good value, in my opinion. I do believe this is the last and final year you will be able to get David Montgomery in the third round. I think as of next year, he'll be in that back half of that uh, first round, early second round at minimum because he will perform again and uh, people are going to stop the hate 
and the doubting on our boy David. Want to shout out our guy Mac from the Snap Fantasy Football Podcast coming What's here. Up, new camera, Trav. I don't. It's not a new camera. I did get some lighting in here that's a little different. Yeah. I'm at the girlfriend's house today, so rocking without. Shout out to Cassie for for helping me out. I know she's that. got a good uh, little lab set up there, dude. Yeah, she's definitely got the. I'm gonna steal that little baby Yoda. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I just announced it on the show. All right. Well, Whisper Nation, that does it for me. Johnny, any last words on this bromance episode before we, we sign off? No, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Again, this is one of our favorite shows of the year, um, and, and we enjoy putting this together for you guys. And so thank you guys for hopping on, even though it was a little early today too as well. So appreciate you guys. All right. Whisper Nation. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. I want to thank Mr. Miyagi, K Sports Live, ML Mac, everybody in the chat today. We are the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Go Peace. get that draft kit. Right here. Oh, hey, you made it to the end of the video. If you like what you saw and you want to learn how to dominate your own draft and win your own league, head on over to thefantasywhispers.com and grab your copy of the Fantasy Whispers draft kit today. Or click the link in the description below. And if you're still not sold, check out one of these videos.